You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. sunk into his heart and the prayer is that somewhere down the line someone else is going to cultivate that word someone else is going to water it someone else is going to kind of till it someone else is going to give it some more food and it's going to blossom God's word never returns void never comes back empty so we should always be willing to share God's word regardless of who it is that we're in contact with we want to share God's word so that people would know him that's the purpose of the word it waters the earth God's Word never returns void. In today's message from Pastor Dave, he encourages you to share the good news of the gospel with others. Don't feel discouraged if you feel like the Word is not going down deep with others. Your job is to simply share the gospel. Let the power of the Holy Spirit do the rest. Share God's truth. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 6 as he continues his message, The Mystery of Salvation. is uncaused by me. I did nothing to earn it. I can do nothing to earn it. It originates and spreads from his divine nature. Because he's demonstrated that great love for me, my heart responds to him in love. God loved me and he declared his love for me through Jesus Christ. That's who he did. And then my heart responded. In this instance, when John, when, when, when John is writing and recording Jesus' words, The Jews thought that they were chosen by God by virtue of their physical strength and natural birth. They thought that that had it made, but Jesus makes it clear that God must draw them before they can come to God. So everyone who responds to the Father will respond to the Son, and the Son, Jesus, will raise them up on the last day. I love that. Maybe you're saying, well, wait a minute, I'm afraid that God's not drawing me. What is God really drawing me? Well, let me answer that question by saying, and why are you here? What got you here today? I don't know. You could be in a hammock eating bonbons, waiting for the eagles to come on or something like that. I don't know. But you came here. You you came here. Maybe God is drawing you. Maybe God is calling you deeper. Maybe God is calling you. And we get to verse 45 and it says, It is written in the prophets, and they shall, be, they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Oh, now maybe we're getting somewhere. Now it appears like we're getting somewhere because it said everyone who has heard and learned from the Father has come to me. So first of all, you have to hear. Oh, we're getting someplace here. Now you have to hear. And then you learn what you heard. You learn what you heard. The sinner comes to God through the truth of his word. Everyone who has heard, everyone who has learned from the Father has come to me, Jesus said. For the Father draws the sinner by his word. Once again, in Jeremiah, in chapter 31, verses 33 and 34, 
But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the last of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Praise God. So God becomes our teacher. The Word of God becomes our tutor. The Word of God becomes our teacher. And you can all quote with me Romans 10, verse 17. Therefore, faith then comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Those of you who have heard and learned, saving faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Though Israel heard God's Word, they didn't exercise saving faith in Jesus Christ. Those who have a revelation from God the Father will always come to the Son. To hear and learn from the Son is to hear and learn from God. It is the teaching of the Word of God that draws people to the Savior. We are to hear and to learn. How does it work? The sinner hears. And the first thing they hear, they learn that they're a sinner. They learn that they're a sinner. And then they learn that they need a Savior. And then... They learn that the Savior is God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And as they hear and learn God's Word, God draws them into the Son, and they cry out to Jesus for salvation. They cry out to Jesus for salvation. They confess their sin. They believe in their hearts that Jesus is Lord, and God raised them on the third day. God speaks to us directly through His Word. Now, why shouldn't God speak to us through his word? It's perfectly logical. Since God created us with a capacity to know him and to fellowship with him, certainly he developed us with a capacity to hear him. What does the good shepherd say? The sheep do what to my voice? Hear. The sheep hear my voice and they know me. And I know them. So God's intention was so that man could know. God must reveal himself to man. And he reveals himself to us through his word. He reveals himself to us through his word. This is how we know. And if we go back to Isaiah, back to Isaiah 55, and if we look at verses 10 and 11, we have a great analogy here of the word of God. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but the water the earth and make it bring forth the bud, that it may give the seed to the sower and the bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return me void. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Praise God. Look at this beautiful, beautiful picture we have. He uses the figures of snow and rain. They come down from heaven. It's interesting that they, in this passage it says the snow and the rain come down from heaven and as they liken them to God, what has Jesus been telling the Jews all through John 6? I'm the bread of life that has come down from heaven. I'm the bread of life that has come down from heaven. Unless you partake of me, you will not have everlasting life. I'm the bread of life. And we also know Jesus to be what? God's Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was God from the beginning. It was made flesh and dwelt among us. We have Jesus Christ, the Word, who came down from heaven. So as God sends the rain to the earth, He also sends His Word. 
Now, you have a choice here. You have a choice. You have free will here. You can either believe that this is God's word, inerrant, not made up. You either believe that, or you can think that some guy just conjured the whole thing up. It's your choice. Nobody here will twist your arm to believe otherwise. But if you're truly seeking God with your whole heart, if you're truly seeking him as God, knowing who he is and that he has loved you so much, because right up there you can put your name, for God so loved, boom, your name, in place of the world. But when you think about it, he loved the entire world. And if you don't know God, that includes you. That includes you. For God so loved the world. He says, it doesn't return to me void. The rain comes down and soaks the earth, and it seems like the whole earth is real soaked. You ever been out on a summer day, and you get one of those showers? And then as soon as it stops, five minutes later, it doesn't even look like it rained? Everything's all dry again, and the dust starts to come up? It seems like the rain was wasted, doesn't it? But as we proclaim God's word, it might fall on deaf ears. It might very well fall on deaf ears, but God's word is never wasted. I was doing a study on the rich young ruler, and a lot of people want to know why Jesus didn't chase after the rich young ruler. They want to know why Jesus didn't run after the rich young ruler, because this guy was pretty good. This guy was a, a, a pretty up, upright guy. I've done all the commandments. I've obeyed all these things. Well, there's one thing you lack. What's that? Go sell all your money to the poor, follow me. And he went away dejected because he had great wealth. Jesus didn't run after him and say, well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, we can kind of soften that. No, he didn't. Jesus didn't run after it because his word never returns void. The word that he preached to this man sunk into his heart. And the prayer is that somewhere down the line, Someone else is going to cultivate that word. Someone else is going to water it. Someone else is going to kind of till it. Someone else is going to give it some more food, and it's going to blossom. God's word never returns void, never comes back empty. So we should always be willing to share God's word, regardless of who it is that we're in contact with. We want to share God's word so that people would know him. That's the purpose of the word. It waters the earth. I mean, you've seen it. You've seen these in my lawn. My lawn in August used to look like that. This August was an anomaly. But usually in August, my lawn is a great shade of brown. It really is a good-looking brown. Some of it's a little yellow. Some of it's, it's really nice, you know? Beautiful colors. But then all of a sudden, we'll have about three or four days of rain, and what happens? It's green again. It all greens up, and it's so beautiful. It looks great. Well, that's what God's Word does to what our spirit was dead. Our spirit was dead, but you he made alive, Scripture says. You he made alive as God poured his word out upon you like rain. Your spirit came alive, and it started to flourish. And what happens when it flourishes? It brings forth fruit. It brings forth much fruit, fruit that will last. Our spirit was dead. And even, even Isaiah said, makes the spirit bring forth the bud. God desires you to bring forth fruit. If you abide in my words, and my words abide in you, you will bring forth much fruit. God touches us with his love, and it brings forth fruit so we might touch others with his love to bring forth more fruit, and they might touch others with his love that would bring forth more fruit, and they might touch others with his love to bring forth more fruit, and so on and so on. 
as we minister one to another, fruit blossoms. As we love one another, fruit blossoms. As God continues to pour out his wonderful love upon us and we share that one to another, fruit blossoms. More are drawn in. More come into his kingdom. And the kingdom is advanced. The kingdom is advanced. There's power in God's word. Power in God's word. Think of the rain and the snow that he was talking about in Isaiah. You know, if you take that, try to catch that first little snowflake, you get it in your hand, and you look at it, it looks so cool, and then as soon as you touch it, it kind of melts in your hand. Everything's so fragile. Everything's so fragile. But you take a bunch of those snowflakes and you try to shovel them, they don't seem so fragile, do they? They don't seem real fragile at all when you got this much snow on the end of your shovel. They're supposed to be fragile. There's power in God's word. Even the smallest of God's word has power. Even the smallest of God's word has power, and it touches the heart of people. It won't return void, but I don't know about you. Well, probably not because you guys are so much more spiritual than I. But sometimes I read God's word, and it seems like a waste of time. Sometimes I'll be sitting there in the morning with my morning coffee and, and I'll re- read through four or five, six psalms sometimes trying to get something. It's like, okay, Lord, okay. It's like I didn't get anything. It's like, where was it? What happened? I can't remember what I said, but it's like a drop of rain. It comes down and it's gone. But you keep reading. And when you need it, all of a sudden it comes back to you. All of a sudden it comes back to you. Or you read all these passages in the Word of God in the morning, and you get absolutely nothing out of it, and you go, okay, I'm sorry. And then all of a sudden, you go over here to a devotional, and you open up this devotional, and they're talking about the same thing you just read. And then you go, well, that's just a coincidence. You go to another devotional, and guess what? Talking about the same thing you just read. And God confirms His Word and shows you His Word. And, and, And pretty soon, You blossom because the fruit has come back in your life. The color is back in your heart. The color is back in your heart. You keep reading it. Now, one thing good about having you here today is I've got you, I've got a captive audience. You're trapped. And now you've all heard God's word, and now you're all responsible for it. You're all responsible for what you've heard. Did you hear and did you learn? His word will save you, or his word will condemn you. But it's the same word. His word will save you or it will condemn you. And Isaiah wrote, it will accomplish that which God has sent it for. In other words, Isaiah is speaking the words of God when he said, it will accomplish that what I please. What does one thing God want? What's his will? That all would be saved. That all would come to the knowledge of Jesus. That all would come to repentance. That all would know Jesus Christ and declare him Lord and serve only him. The purpose of God's word, it comes out. It passes, comes out, comes through us. God has sent his word today. Perhaps he sent his word of judgment. Maybe you're feeling convicted. But you're in a good place. You're in a good place because in a minute we're going to take communion and you can get rid of that. You can get rid of that judgment by confessing Jesus as Lord, by confessing a sin that has so easily ensnared you, that has befallen you. By confessing to him and getting right to God, you can declare all that. You know the hardness of your heart. You know the unrepentant heart that's deep inside you. And guess what? God does too. 
God knows it because he sees within your heart. We read that scripture and we studied that scripture back in John, early John, when he said Jesus knew what's in the heart of men. He knew it. Can't leave here without an excuse of letting God's word do in you what the purpose for it is today. Maybe it's salvation. Call upon God while he's near. I like that. Call upon God why he may be found. Does that mean there'll become a time when he can't be found? I don't know. But that seems to be saying that. Call upon him why he can be found. God will have mercy and he will abundantly pardon you. So God draws us and we respond. It's a mystery. God's doing all the work. All the work. You read through these scriptures and you're going, you keep saying, Where's my part? Where's my part? Believe. Yeah, 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 but I want to do something important. I want to do something big. Believe. No, 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 no. Where's my part? Believe. Believe. Settle it. It's finished. It's done. Finished on the cross. It's completed. We're commanded through God's word to come to Jesus and seek him diligently. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And when we begin to seek him for mercy of salvation, we keep seeking for grace in a manner that's pleasing to him. It becomes a lifelong quest. I can never get enough of my Christ. I can never get enough of my Jesus. And I seek him constantly. He is my sustenance. He is my portion. He is what I depend my entire life upon. People tell me, oh, you just use Jesus through a crutch. No, I don't. I use him the whole life. Not just my crutch. He props me up. Because the scripture says, apart from him, I can do nothing. So he takes care of it. Hosea, the prophet, in verse 6, in 6, 6 3 said, Press to know the Lord. I like that. Press to know the Lord. Press in hard to know the Lord. And then the Apostle Paul, ah, my man, the Apostle Paul, in this great book that he wrote, the epistle, by the way, of joy that he wrote to the Philippian church, he writes these great passages. This is where we're going to end. He writes these beautiful passages in Philippians 3, in verses 7 all the way down. I'm going to read for a while. I might read for, no. In verse, beginning in verse 7, Paul writes to the Philippian church, but what things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, to be found in him, not having an own righteousness which is of my own, but the righteousness of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Notice those words. The righteousness from who? God by faith, that I may know him. I love that. He says that twice, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And everybody goes, yeah! Read on. And the fellowship of his suffering. To being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already attained, or I'm already perfected. This is Paul. 25 years now, he's, it's been, he's been walking with the Lord when he writes this. 25 years when he writes this, he says, not that I already attained. I didn't get it. I'm not there. I'm not perfected. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call in God in Christ Jesus. Man, those are powerful words. Powerful words. Is that your mantra? To know Christ. That should be what all of us want to do in our lives, to know Christ, to, to know the Father is to know the Son, to know the Son is to know the Father. All of us are to know Christ. We want to know Christ. To be found in Him, Paul says. I want to be found in Him. What a great epitaph. Can you imagine that on a tombstone? He was found in Christ. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. I press on towards the goal of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I press on to the high calling of God. I press onward. I forget the things that are laying behind me. Forget the good. Forget the bad. Forget the ugly. And I press on. Press on to God. Maybe God is drawing you today through his word. Have you experienced the love of God in Christ Jesus? I mean, have you really experienced this? Have you really tasted and see that the Lord is good? I mean, next week... We're going to get in where Christ is going to say, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part of me. Have you tasted and seen that Christ is good? Have you taken him into yourself? That's what he wants. God's love is ever coming to you. And I love to use the analogy of the waves on the ocean coming across. Always waves coming. Always, even on a flat day. You go down to the beach and you look, and at the end of the wave, there's always that little bloop on a flat day. The waves coming in. That's God's love coming in towards you every single day. Every single day, God's love is coming in towards you like that. Respond to it. Respond to God's love. Respond to, that God, to God's love by declaring Him Lord. Jesus is Lord. Respond to that. Respond to God's love as He demonstrated to you 2,000 years ago on a cruel Roman cross. The greatest picture of love ever in mankind. The greatest picture of love you will ever see. A man dying on the cross, but not just any man. It was the God-man, Jesus Christ, dying for you, for me, for the entire world. No one comes to me, Jesus said, unless the Father draw him. Is the Father drawing you today? Maybe he's giving you the thumb. Maybe he's giving you a poke. This is for you. Please, don't anybody in here go like this to the person sitting next to them and go, this is for you. Because it's not, it's for you. It's for all of you. It's for all of you. Come closer. Seek him. Press into him. Lean into him. Acknowledge him. Enjoy him. Take him in. Oh, and the marvelous things you will see. Marvelous things that will happen in your life. This is where true happiness is. I've never been happier than when I'm abiding in Christ, ever, in my entire life. I've never, ever been happier than when I am abiding in Christ. And I know when I have somehow stepped out of that abiding, because I'm no longer happy, I'm kind of like, ugh, get back. Get back to Christ. You are Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.